You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that knows how to make $14 the hard way. Here is the captain. I don't stop at $14. I give you a $14.50 show. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today in the garage, we are drinking Santa's Private Reserve Ale from the good folks over at Rogue Ales. This is a strong ale, 8.1% ABV, and you're going to love the brilliant copper color and the sweet maple flavor and aroma. Garage grade four out of five bottle caps. And here's some brilliant people that we are awfully fond of. Big cheers goes out to Colin in Middleton, Wisconsin. And a big shout out to Jenny from the block. The block in Detroit, Michigan. This next one, Captain, and they want me to try to say it, so here we go. A double cheers goes out to our friends Crystal and Jonathan Sikafus in Wasilla, Alaska. I wonder if they're related to one of the hippest bass players of all time, Todd Sikafus. Cheers to you, my friend. And a big shout out to Wendy in San Antonio, Texas. Next up, we have a cheers to Jessica and Medina, Washington. And last but certainly not least, we have Ashley in Afton, Missouri. Everyone we just mentioned, they went to truecrimegarage.com and they helped us fill up this fridge sitting right here in the garage to the right of me. It's full of beer. And for that, we thank you. Yeah, happy 2022. We made it. B-W-E-W-R-U-N, beer run. Go to the website, go to the store, and get you some in 2022. And that is enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime.
Welcome to the final episode of True Crime Garage for 2021. Yeah. I hope everybody's strapped in and ready to rock for 2022. We're going to revisit something that we've done here a couple of times in the garage. We've done this three times that I can count here, Captain. Mm. So for those of you keeping score at home, you let me know if the colonel's right or wrong. Let I me know counted two and a half. Exactly right mm. or incredibly wrong. So today what we are going to do is we are going to list for you what we are calling the must-watch true crime for 2021. Now that does not mean that these came out in this last year. It's just our addition to our previous episodes. So the caveat was that they couldn't be on one of your previous list. Yes. And so here's the thing. We want to make sure we point out right from Jump Street here that if we are going through our list and you go, well, these guys are idiots. Nobody's arguing that. We've heard it before. What we are arguing is that we're not idiots because something you really liked watching didn't make it on today's show. That is because, again, this is the fourth time that we're doing this. So whatever you loved watching, either A, we disagreed with you, or B, it's already on one of our lists. So I recommend mm. if you haven't already, go back and check out some of those old episodes. And they are the Halloween episode from 2016. We have a must-see true crime episode. That's number 197 from April of 2018. And then in 2020, in August, we did must-watch true crime episode number 420. That was a way to celebrate 420, that's for sure. So go back and check out those and see if you agree with our overall list. And today we're going to add to those wonderful lists that we've already created. Well, and we were supposed to have the week off, and I was so excited. I was going to go skiing. But the colonel said, no, it's time to fire up that garage ship and get back in the garage. So let's kick this thing off right. Number five. That's right, Captain. I said here in the garage, we don't take weeks off. Maybe uh, maybe that's cool and kosher for other true crime podcasts. Yeah, but maybe here at the garage, we do double duty, my friend. We Lazy shows. We, we work every week and we work twice as hard every week. That's right. All right. So <laughs> with that, with that attaboy that we just gave ourselves, my number five, and I think you're asking me to start here, Captain, yeah, kick it yeah. off. My number five is titled The Most Dangerous Animal of All. Mm. Searching for my father and finding the Zodiac Killer. Now, this is actually from a book that was released in May of 2014 by Gary Stewart. And the book is well written and the case is well laid out. And the case being his argument that his father was the infamous Zodiac Killer. Well, this became a four-part FX documentary miniseries that was released I think it was 2020. It may have been 2021. I failed to put that in my notes here, Captain. Good but job, loser. The general premise is this. Uh, it does come from a New York Times bestseller book. It is in the true crime category. It's really like an emotional, powerful journey that this man takes to find his long-lost father. And once he figures out who his actual father is, his birth father is, he starts to suspect that maybe that same guy could be the still at large serial killers in America, the Zodiac Killer. Now, I do want to throw this out there, though. While I don't agree with Gary Stewart's theory that his father is the Zodiac, he does certainly make some compelling arguments along the way. 
And there are people that debate him. What's cool about the show is they openly debate Gary Stewart at times during the show. They're not just trying to sell you this. Like a lot of times a docu-series or some of these shows will come up with their theory and they're just going to beat it into your head until you believe them. They want you to walk away from the experience and go, well, they, somebody finally got it right. We've been arguing about this. Well, not arguing against each other, but we, we've been talking shit about this for years some of these documentaries, they'll flat out just lie about stuff just to try to get their point across. And purposely leave things out to sway you one way or the other. Here, I like that they kind of openly debated. I think it adds to the credibility yes. of what I'm watching. And what was interesting for me, I watched this, Captain, shortly before we did our Zodiac episodes. And it wasn't so much for research it was more of a, okay, let's make sure we didn't miss something here. Let's make sure that Gary Stewart's theory, you know, I wanted to confirm or at least for self-confirmation of if I believed Gary Stewart or not. Mm -hmm. I believe, here's what I believe at the end of the day. That you can fly. That Gary Stewart firmly believes that his father is the Zodiac Killer. And I commend him for putting together such an interesting book. I don't really agree with the theory. The show is incredibly interesting, and it goes by anybody that's a fan of anything Zodiac should check this out and, again, go into it with the idea of, I can still like this and not agree with the theory. Yeah. There's a lot of great facts as they pertain to the Zodiac case, and there's a lot of interesting ways that he points out that his father is the killer, but... Unfortunately, Gary will not be, he's not the first person, nor will he be the last to mm. come out and tell us that his father or a relative of theirs is in fact the Zodiac. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I told people for years my, that my father was the Zodiac, but he, he's not good at writing code. So that's. Yeah. And he would have been about, from my math, I'm guessing he would have been about 12 or 13. <laughs> Yeah. At the time. So strong, for pretty his nasty age. teenager. Yeah. Strong for his age. Well, and again, this, so your number five kind of ties to my number five a little bit in the sense that, and we've been learning this for the last five years, you can only get so much information from a news article or if, if there's one or two sources that have covered a case. Sometimes when we're able to talk to the family members of the victims, we're getting a whole different perspective of the case. And in this case, you have somebody looking into this huge, colossal case, but from the perspective of, I believe my father is the killer. Mm -hmm. the, the documentary that I'm picking for number five is American Tragedy. It's Sue Klebel. I hope I'm saying that right I, I think i say it wrong it's it's her talking about her son became one of the killers in the columbine massacre she affectionately referred to her son as sunshine boy and so it's basically when a mass shooting happens the first thing we're going is what well, what was this person's home life like how were they raised where were their parents it's it's a look from that perspective and and it's very interesting and and i think it took her a lot and I, I applaud her for for telling her story i think that's a fantastic pick there captain really interesting stuff and i know that she's been active over the years when she felt that it was okay to kind of come out and and flesh out the story a little bit because there is just that huge 
nagging question of why, 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 why in this situation. And she offers up her, her perspective on that. And I know that she's been, I know that she's put out some books or at least a book over the years. So uh, kudos to her and a fine pick by you there, Captain. For my number four, I went with A Wilderness of Error. So this again is me going back to the well. This is FX as well, just like my fifth pick. But A Wilderness of Error, The Trials of Jeffrey McDonald. This again is from a book by one of my favorites, uh, maybe not one of my favorite true crime authors, but one of my favorite true crime documentary makers. That's Earl Morris, who we've talked about on the show before because he is responsible for one of the best true crime documentaries, in my opinion, The Thin Blue Line. So his book was published in September of 2012, and basically it's a lot similar to True Crime Addict from James Renner, where a large portion of the book is him discussing his fascination and obsession with the Jeffrey McDonald case. Now, Jeffrey McDonald is a case that we covered here in True Crime Garage. Uh, It's the case of Jeffrey McDonald, the Green Beret physician accused of killing his wife and two daughters at their home in Fort Bragg on February 17th of 1970. He eventually was convicted of the crime and he has claimed innocence the entire time. Uh, He's been in a federal prison since 1982. Now, A Wilderness of Error was a five-part television series based off of the book that first aired on September 25th of 2020. And I thought this was incredibly fascinating. I thought it was really well put together. I liked the dramatization that they put together on the case. I liked that they, again, this was more of a debate of did Jeffrey McDonald kill his family or not? They didn't come up with their theory and, you know, really try to hit it home for you. They presented reasons why he may be guilty and reasons why he may be innocent. And they got some of the good information for him being guilty from the old book, fatal vision that we talked about when we covered the McDonald case here. Yeah. Now, one thing that I found really interesting is that, Earl Morris, who I believe to be an incredibly brilliant and smart individual, he seems to think that Jeffrey McDonald is innocent and he just struggles so hard. And I think he has an understanding that not only do the courts disagree with him, but the general public as a whole seem to disagree with that idea. I know there's a lot of people that have argued his innocence over the years and there's, there's a good, a, a good foundation of people out there that believe him to be innocent, but I just found it interesting that that such a smart individual, brilliant individual such as Earl Morris is struggling with, with what I think is kind of an open and shut case. Well, sometimes your thoughts and opinions come from your gut and sometimes they come from your butt. There are a couple cases that we've covered in the past that my gut feeling has leaned towards maybe opinions that are not popular in the true crime world. Um, I, w- I won't mention those because I'll, I'll get a bunch of hate mail. But there's there's certain cases where there's little details that I can't get over, even though the overwhelming evidence maybe points towards their innocence. So kind of see where 
somebody could get wrapped up in that. Well, I think it's key too here. Again, another situation. You don't have to agree with the person making the film to enjoy the miniseries or the docuseries. Yeah, or respect the information that they're giving out. Yeah, at the end of the day, this is still a brilliant docu-series. It's incredibly fascinating. It's so very, I cannot explain the, the wonderful quality of, of everything from the cinematography to the, to the choice of languages and, uh, the, the narratives throughout it's, it's really well put together and you would expect nothing less than near perfection from somebody like uh, Mr. Morse. Well, I'm just going to get this out of the way on my list. I I believe the majority of them are actually one parters, just maybe 90 minutes long. I found that a lot of the documentaries that have come out that are multiple series, I, I think once making a murder was such a hit on Netflix and the staircase was such a hit. I believe the staircase was originally on HBO or like the jinx was such a hit or, or the staircase was such a hit. I think a lot of these production companies were looking for the next docu series that was going to be huge. When some of these docu series would have been way better off if they would have just did a one parter or a two parter. So my number four is John Wayne Gacy devil in disguise now the first one that i told you about the american tragedy i watched that on prime amazon prime the john wayne gacy devil in disguise i watched that on netflix and it's all based around an interview that he did and i could see some people watching this going well this is kind of lazy a lot of the the clips and a lot of the information they're giving us is from this john wayne gacy interview that he did before he was put to death. But, but I think it's again, to get the full scale of any of these cases or these killers or these profiles, this is definitely one way to do it is to hear from the horse's mouth or in this case, the devil's mouth. Mm -hmm. That's one that I've not seen yet, captain. And I have it on my list of must see true crime for me. So I, I, appreciate you bringing that back well, to my attention. Well, I appreciate you because I just wrote down your first two because they were not even, I have not seen those yet. So. Good thing we have nothing to read because yeah. we have things to watch. Yeah, that's right. So number three. Number three on mine, and this is a bit of a stray from the traditional true crime stuff that would typically fall on my list. I'm going with a single episode of Dateline. And it's from season 29, and it's episode 59. It's the Amy Mahalovic dateline that's titled What Happened to Amy. It came out September 17th, 2021, if anyone wants to figure out how to go back and retroactively watch that. The reason why this makes my list and makes it so high up on the list was this this is a story that I obviously know very well. And a case that I know very well. And I knew I had heard some rumblings that Dateline was in the Bay Village, Ohio area and putting together a piece on the Amy Mahalovic case. Now, the Amy Mahalovic case is from 1989. Her body was found in 1990. So mm-hmm. thanks for getting around to it, Dateline. But um, what I was worried about with that, with that rumor was two things. One, it's a little late to the ball game. 
And two, will I learn anything? Because when I know a case this well, often I'll tune into something and there's nothing, no gain for me here. They smarty pants here. Well, I mean, I'm not claiming that with every case, but I would be, it would be just flat out wrong for me to tell you otherwise in the Amy case. Well, and sometimes with the datelines and and some of the hour long TV shows, it's like you, you hear about 10, 15 minutes of information and then back from commercial break, let's repeat half that information, tell you an, uh, another little nugget, come back from commercial break, repeat all that information again, and then tell you a nugget. And basically you're like, if you wanted to sum this up in 10 minutes, we, we could have got through this. Well, and yes, and Dateline is going to do a, an hour or two episode on a case that we've done episodes here in the garage on the same case and done more than five hours of material. So thinking that I'm going to learn something in a shorter version of what we've done here in the garage doesn't seem likely. Now, I don't know how much I learned or gained from the episode itself, but what was great is just how well it was done and how well it was put together. I think it's one of the the finer versions of the Amy Mahalovic case and in somewhat of a shorter format, because even if it's a two hour long episode, which I believe it was, once you factor in the commercial breaks, you're really at about an hour and 20 minutes. And so this case, if any of our listeners are clueless for some bizarro reason, it's the 10 year old Amy Mahalovic who was abducted in Bay Village, Ohio, and then her body wasn't found until months later. And it's a still unsolved case, and it's one of the most infamous cases from Northeast Ohio, and one that really refuses to go anywhere. And I'm very thankful for that, because I think that that's how this thing will eventually get solved. But again, that was Dateline uh, for this most recent season, episode number 59 from season 29, and it's titled, What Happened to Amy? One thing that I thought was absolutely brilliant that they typically don't do on Dateline. So take everybody a little bit behind the scenes here. While Dateline and what is it? 48 hour mystery or uh, there's a few different there's there's three of the major shows that are on the big networks that air usually once, if not twice a week. And they're typically covering a case, a true crime case. Mm -hmm. Now, those three shows are watched by millions and millions of people. They're very popular shows, and that's why they're on the major networks. I typically don't watch those. I typically don't watch Dateline. It's just not my cup of tea. There's so much true crime out there and so many different ways to digest the information and get the information. Dateline's not at the top of my list. I only have so much time, right? Yeah. So to consume the information. Now, one thing- But you also like really deep dives and- and as long as I've known you, you you've like to deep dive into an author writing about the case. Yeah. Cause that's really, sorry people, but that's really the only way to deep dive into it. Um, there, there's just not much to gain from a 40, 45 minute episode on a case in most cases. So, right. but Hey, but it gives you a, it does give you kind of, um, the lay of the land and it, and then I think what Dateline does a good job of is it, can um, spark your interest in a case, but you quickly learn even on your first Google search that you now know as much as the the show just 
told you in, in an hour long show. Yeah. And I didn't have to sit through uh, 15, 20 minutes of commercial breaks, but all three of those major shows, while I'm not a regular watcher or viewer of those shows, right. I do record them every week because I don't want to find out after the fact that they covered a case that either a, we covered or B we're going to cover. And then I have difficulty locating where to watch that mm -hmm. episode. So I record them all and then I go back and look through them and delete them as needed or save or watch them as needed. The Mahalovic episode, what happened to Amy? I happened to be home. It was a Friday night. I happened to be home on that Friday night and I get a text from a friend of mine and it didn't give any details at all. All it said was, I'm not going to see you on this episode, am I? And I thought, of course, what jumped in my mind is like, well, this must be something true crime. And if I had to guess, that means somebody is doing the Amy Mahalovic case. Yeah, if they're going to see your ugly face, it'll probably be connected to this case. And so I thought, you know what? I'll flip over and see what's what's recording on those shows and see if somebody's doing Amy. Because again, I heard rumblings that they were up there taping. Now, I heard rumblings that they were up there filming a year or so before this episode came out. Mm -hmm. And so I tuned in and I'm like, oh, of course, Dateline's finally releasing the Amy Mahalovic episode. And I thought, I'll tune in for a little bit and I'm sure I'll get bored of it and I'll find something else to watch. Nope. Didn't tune out at any point. I, I made it all the way through in one sitting. And I thought that one thing that was interesting and very different from what they typically do is later in their coverage of Amy's case, they were they were constantly putting the the information tip hotline number at the bottom of the screen, which you don't typically see them do that on date Dateline. Now, half the time they're well, the majority of the time they're covering a case that's already solved, so it's not necessary. But I loved the way that they did it. I thought they tell the story very well. I thought that they had Phil Torsney and they had. Uh, Spetzel, they had all the key players that they needed to tell the story in its best form, and they really knocked it out of the park, and I loved that they kept including the tip hotline number for anybody that may have any information, even all of these years later. My only problem with that, and one of the reasons on my list, is it didn't feature you. Well, you're the first to make that complaint. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. 
Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 
20% off your next month. That's code TrueCrimeGarage50 at Factormeals.com slash TrueCrimeGarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. I hope everybody is ready to celebrate the new year. New year, same old us. That's right. Cheers. Cheers. Somebody asked me, when do you think you'll stop? I go, well, I said in my mind that we're going to do a thousand episodes, so we're at least going to get there. Whether I have to drag you kicking and screaming, we'll get there. Cheers to you, Colonel. Cheers to you, Captain. So, number three, my number three, and I, I have to, a little bit of a reason why. I, I, I have not heard from anybody about this docuseries. Normally, people say, hey, watch this, check this out, it was good. Hey, have you seen this? No, if you haven't, don't waste your time, stuff like that. But the Ripper series, it was a four-part series about the Yorkshire Ripper this came out last year, right before Christmas, so perfect time to put out a docu-series because it's going to hit during the Christmas holidays when people have time and they're sitting around and they're they're either watching a, a horrifying Hallmark Christmas movie or they're watching a horrifying true crime doc. And I, I've, I found this to be very interesting, but I spent about a month around last Christmas in England. So... The reason why I say watch at your own risk is I don't know. It was my first time being in Europe, so I don't know if them talking about the air that area, obviously because it's a it's a British case. I don't know if that played into my enjoyment of the docu series. If that makes any sense, it certainly makes some sense to me. That case is very interesting. And I love the way that, uh, criminal profiling really played a big role in the detection and apprehension of the Yorkshire Ripper. Well, and what was interesting as I was watching it, like I was going sightseeing and seeing different towns and villages and stuff like that. And then I'd go home at night and, you know, pop on episode two and then they'd be talking about some part of town that I was just in. Mm -hmm. to see just how, how, how much things evolved from the late 70s to 80s to, to when I was visiting just last year. So, yeah, it's a four-part docu-series. It's my number three on the list. Number two, Colonel. Number two, and I went with Dirty John Season 2, mm. which is eight episodes, and I know it from Netflix, but I did a little snooping and it sounds like it actually came out in May of 2020 first on the USA network. So I watched it on Netflix and this one is really surprising for me. And what I mean by that is that I had zero interest in watching this, mm -hmm. but I, I started watching it. Uh, Doesn't like the dirty John. Well, I don't know that, but uh, I just, I had zero interest in watching it. Mm-hmm. Nothing compelled me to to watch it. So a friend of mine was watching it, and I joined them, and it was – I couldn't turn away. 
I was sucked in immediately and it was, it's very well done. It's all a dramatization. And I know that there are some liberties that were taken, but, um, it's based off of a real life crime. Uh, Betty Broderick was convicted of murdering her ex-husband, Daniel Broderick, the third and his second wife who, you know, replaced her basically Broderick lost her mind and, and killed both of them in a, in the most long winding road of, of anger that I've ever seen. I mean, she didn't just flip out and freak out and kill them as soon as, you know, as soon as she became upset about the situation, this was going on for a long period of time. And so dirty John season two is eight episodes and a large portion of it is the events leading up to, you know, their lives together as husband and wife and, and raising their kids. And then Daniel Broderick, who is going outside of stepping outside of the marriage and eventually, which leads to divorce. And then all the events that lead up to the double homicide and then including the two trials that took place afterwards. So she was tried once, not convicted, and tried again. And that was the time that they got the conviction. Amanda Peet plays Betty Broderick. Uh, Christian Slater plays Daniel Broderick. And I, it's incredibly good. It's salacious. That's probably one of the things, the turnoff factor that, that didn't excite me about sitting down to watch it. Denofgeek.com calls Dirty John Season 2 the Betty Broderick story review a trashy true crime with tragedy underneath. And then I liked it so much, one thing that I found myself curious about and going out of my way to seek and find and watch was the survivors, the, the children that are now grown. In fact, they were pretty, they were getting older when this case broke, when she committed the, the homicides. But it was really interesting for me to hear them in interviews saying what was real about the show and what was not real. You know, what was kind of fluffed up a little more, uh, embellished. It was, uh, it was interesting to see and hear their words on everything. Number two for me, and at this point, we don't have any repeating, just uh, anybody that's keeping track. Number two for me was Night Stalker. This is a four-part series. It was released early in 2021, uh, January around then. It's a four-part, four episodes, and it's it runs about three hours in total, so less than an hour per episode. And I think there's there's two reasons what's why I like this. Again, when we're talking about perspective of a case, to follow uh, Gil and Frank, the two lead detectives on this case, to kind of follow where their head, you know, as there were, these attacks were happening, as evidence was coming in, where their heads were at, what they were looking into, that part of the investigation was so interesting to me. And also how some people in the departments disagreed with them or, or how other departments helped them out. But also there's a artistic value to this docu-series it shows this car constantly driving around at night, you know, basically stalking people. And it, it's very well put together. And I've had a lot of people in law enforcement that don't like watching these documentaries that have watched this and said, it's kind of like you invited two of your favorite detectives to sit down and tell you a story about a case that they investigated and, and how things happen. 
that's what it feels like. And this is one that we've talked about on off the record before because we were both so impressed with it when it first came out. And yes, you're right. It's just like inviting your two favorite detectives to sit down and tell you about probably the most infamous case that they've ever worked on. Maybe one of the most infamous cases from the the state of California. But you said the, the right terms there. Two favorite detectives. Because I tell you what, one thing for me in my experience of the the docu-series here, Gil Carrillo and Frank Salerno, they become two of your favorite detectives when yeah. you watch this. Like you you're rooting for them the whole time. They're very good at their jobs. They're very driven. And they're people that you are proud to stand behind and cheer them on as they're looking for one of the most evil killers that you can imagine. And so these two are brilliant in their own regard, and the 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 series itself was fascinating. I'm very much, you know, into these older cases, and some of it's just the imagery, the real life imagery of seeing, you know, the old police cars, the old neighborhoods, and things like that. Uh, I thought it was really well done. For me, it was so close to making my list. Like if 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 I had to give a top notch honorable mention, or if the list was a little longer than five. This would certainly be on my list. Night Stalker, The Hunt for a Serial Killer. Well, and a, a little story for you, for the for the listening audience. Lean in, if you will. We're at CrimeCon in, in Austin. I get on the, we were invited to have VIP drinks. Last minute. They're, they're, if you get VIP passes, they set up little dinners and little cocktail events and and so a lot of the host uh, will meet up with the VIP people, and you and you get to go and have free drinks. It's a great thing. So jump on the elevator, and here comes Gil, one of the detectives in this case, and and one of the uh, speakers at CrimeCon. Just me and him riding to the elevator, and I go, "Hey, you going to the VIP thing?" Yeah, yeah. And I introduce myself. I, I'm the captain from True Crime Garage. I watch your docu series and. Um, and I've heard a lot, a lot of praise from detectives that have, that I've watched. And he just kind of lit up, and he just seemed like a such a good guy. And it was one of my highlights of CrimeCon, Austin. Well, yes, and it was intriguing that he was going to be there. And one thing that I kept hearing from a lot of the people attending CrimeCon this year was the same thing over and over again. There's so many impressive people that you want to meet that are going to be there, some featured and some, you know, a little more behind the scenes and what have you. But Gil time and time again, when I spoke to everybody, he was the, he was the one that people wanted to meet and they were never disappointed. Yeah. Because he was there to meet personality. His, yeah. yeah, His, he's a personable individual. He's very, he would fit nicely here in the garage captain. I, Mm -hmm. I, I like the cut of the jib. Yeah. Nice. Gil, wherever you are, Nice, Jim. All right. Number one. It's that time. Yes. For my number one, I went with, again, a single episode. This is from season 21 of a long-running true crime series that is on the Investigation Discovery Channel, the ID channel, for those that are nasty. Uh, Season 21, episode 21, that's easy to remember, of On the Case with Paula Zahn. And it was titled Terrifying Connections. 
And this was, it was going to be difficult, Captain, for anything other than this to be my number one. And the reason being is that the Terrifying Connections episode was about the now-solved homicide of Tony Muncy. And Tony Muncy is an individual that we were talking about his case before anybody else was talking about his case. His case was was pretty much forgotten here in the great state of Ohio, and that upset us here in the garage. This was a, a teenage boy that was taken from everyone way too soon, way too young, and it was something that angered me and the captain, and we decided, hey, we're going to cover this, and this is a story that is not being talked about. This was such a breath of fresh air. You know, Paula Zahn is that's a good that's a good program to begin with, and they always put out quality episodes, but this one was incredibly well done. But it was also that they were featuring a case that many people outside of Columbus, unless you've heard our show, you don't know the case. And this is when a fifteen year old boy, Tony Muncy, vanished under very mysterious circumstances. And police feared the worst. And we talked about it here in the garage on our coverage. There was, there were multiple killers that were at one time investigated as possible perpetrators of this teenager's homicide. And it wasn't until all of these years later that it was actually solved. And it was solved by the hardworking women and men over at the Delaware County Sheriff's Office. They refused for decades to let go of this case. And one thing that I was so impressed with the Delaware County Sheriff's Office, just as a whole, not just in the Tony Muncy case, but in, in everything that they do is the brutal honesty and, and how they stand behind what they tell the public. They are just like every other agency out there that says, you know what? Cold cases matter. We care about cold cases. If you kill somebody in our County or our city, you get locked up. We will find you. We will find out what you did and we will take you to court. You will have your day in court and we will seek justice for these victims. We don't care if the case is one day old, 10 days old, 10 years old, or decades old. They're the same as every other agency in this great nation by saying that. Where they are different from many of them is that they actually do care, number one, and they actually are working those old cases and the Tony Muncy case is proof of that, that all these decades later, they could still solve the case. A couple of shout outs here to the hardworking women and men who worked this case over the decades to see it all the way through. Uh, Delaware Sheriff William Lavery, who worked the case starting in 1983. There are multiple interviews with his brother, John Muncy, who contacted our show after we did our coverage of the case. And it was good to see him in a better place now that his brother's case has finally been solved. And a lot of what was still a mystery has, has come to light all of these years later. Also a shout out to detectives, Rusty Yates and detective Jeff Bessinger, who I've personally met and spoke with a couple of times and detective Sally Brink, all who were instrumental in getting this case solved. And they dedicated the episode rightfully so in memory of detective Dan Otto who died in 2012 in a vehicle accident. Dan Otto, they dedicated the episode to him because he was one of the driving forces that kept the case alive in their department and really was determined and, and, and got all of these other key players 
to rally around him to to be so determined and so passionate to solve this case. Everybody get out your pen and paper as the colonel goes over his top five list once again for you. So, And maybe just tell him the title and also, again, maybe where you watched it, if you can remember. So my number five was the most dangerous animal of all. That's the Zodiac Killer case featuring Gary Stewart, and that was on FX. My number four was on FX as well, A Wilderness of Error, The Trials of Jeffrey McDonald. My number three was Dateline, What Happened to Amy, the Amy Maholovic episode, and that was season 29, episode 59. And then my number two, Dirty John season two. Again, I guess it was released on the USA Network, but I watched it on Netflix, and I'm 100% confident that it's still available on Netflix. And then finally, Saving the Best for Last, number one on the case with Paula Zahn. The episode title was Terrifying Connections, and that is the Tony Muncie episode, season 21, episode 21. Discovery, I always say this backwards, Captain, so I'll say it correctly here. Investigation Discovery, the ID channel. All right, my number one, The Boys Who Killed a Child. Now, look, this is this is a, a weird one because I have found the same documentary or close to the same documentary titled multiple things. So I'm going to actually give you two to watch. The one that I watched was called the boys who killed a child. It's on real stories. You can find it on YouTube, but there was also a really good 60 minutes done on this. It was an Australian, you know, in Australia, they have their version of 60 minutes the James Bulger murder inside the Chilling Police investigation. I would almost pair those both together. The The first one I gave you, The Boys Who Killed a Child, is under an hour long, and then obviously the 60-minute the episode. You know, we've covered a lot of child murder cases, and those are always tough, and you, you always have uh, you know a sad feeling the whole time that you're researching them. And there's some days that we're in the garage and we and we cover those cases and it's like for the next couple of days, it's like you might as well just not talk to me. I'm just not in the mood. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes in to this or maybe even five minutes in, it's just it was all those emotions, but like times ten. It was very tough to watch and to hear some of the stuff, but but I felt like it was important. It's a it's a very sad case and it's very tragic, but it's. You know, I think maybe also because of the holiday seasons, when you're at a Christmas party, maybe it's not the best time in the world, but you look over and you see your nephew or your niece or your own child or, or a grandchild or whoever, and they're just having the time of your life, their lives, and they bring so much more joy to the event, right? Christmas is, you know, they always tell you Christmas is for the kids, and, and again, when you have kids or or you have kids uh, in your family that you love and, and they give you so much more joy, and this documentary is like the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's like shows you how, like when you see like a John Wayne Gacy or something, you go, okay, you can almost see the evil coming out of them. Or you see like, a, I don't know, like a Charles Manson or something like that. You can kind of just go, okay, yeah, that's, that's evil. But when you see the pictures, once they arrested these these two boys, it's like you're seeing a whole different side of evil. I don't know if disturbing was the right word, but 
it's um I think it's one of those documentaries that I'll I'll just never forget. Like I'll never that case is um and I've always wanted to cover the case and so I was looking it up earlier this year and put it on my list of things to watch and after watching it I'm like I, I just don't even know if I could cover the case. I don't know if I could get through it. Well, for those of you keeping score at home, get your pen out again. The captain's oh, going to yeah. go through his top five. I feel like I brought the party down. Get the party back up, people. This is must-watch True Crime 2021. Number five, American Tragedy. I watched this on Amazon Prime, but you know how they always say, like, you only have a couple more days to watch this? That that was one of those ones. So if you want to watch American Tragedy, Sue Klebold's story about raising her son that went on to be a shooter in the Columbine Massacre. You watch that on Prime. John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise, that is on Netflix. The Ripper, the Yorkshire Ripper case, four-part docuseries on Netflix. And number two, The Night Stalker, The Hunt for a Serial Killer. You can find that on Netflix as well. And number one, The Boys Who Killed a Child, this was produced by Real Stories, and you can find it, find this on YouTube. And that is my top five. And go back and listen to some of our other episodes where we talk about the must-watch true crime and hear our other list again. Those episodes are must-watch true crime from episode number 420, August of 2020, must-see true crime, episode number 197, April of 2018, and the Halloween episode from 2016 where we're talking all kinds of true crime, things that you should be watching, be it documentaries or series or what have you. Now, a big shout out to D Armstrong 11, who in 2016 started adding our recommendations, our best true crime docu-series and such to IMDb. The order on there is a little shaky, but there are there's so many of them listed there. So if you want to see them in list form while you're listening to the old episodes, you can find that. Uh, it is titled True Crime Garage Best True Crime Documentaries. And again, shout out to D. Armstrong, wherever you are. Here's a cheers to you. Yeah, and if you're feeling froggy fresh, go to our blog. Whether it's your top five or top ten, we've we've done both numbers. But if you want to, I'd love to see people's top ten list of their favorite true crime documentaries because then I could go through each list and figure out which ones I haven't seen yet. So if you want to do that, add your top 10 list to our blog at truecrimegarage.com. Yeah. And we'll see you next year. Grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's watch some true crime. Like always, thanks for joining us here in the garage. Thanks for being our friends. Thanks for telling a friend. And here's to a great 2022. Hopefully, Colonel, so many cases that we've talked about in the past, this will be the year that they get solved. Yes, hopefully so. Colonel, any recommended reading this week? No, Captain. We're going to skip it this weekend. We just gave every wonderful listener out there 10 things to go out and watch if they've not seen 
all of those, you got some homework to do. So check out our recommendations. Let us know how you feel at truecrimegarage.com. Hit us up on the blog. Yeah, and if you need more True Crime Garage for your earballs, check out our bonus show called Off the Record, and you can do so at our website, truecrimegarage.com. And until next week, be good, be kind, and don't live. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.